0: Hey, welcome to Home Church Podcast. It is a good day to have a good day. I'm Pastor Jerry Kuhn, and I want to say thank you so much for joining us today. My hope is that you will respond to the Holy Spirit as he speaks to you in and through this message today. And I believe that he will draw you into a closer relationship with Jesus Christ, where you are passionate about loving God, doing good, and being a friend. I hope that you enjoy the message today. some of you are like i know absolutely and that's the reason why i keep coming back but i gotta tell you uh today i i was in there and i i don't know after i got done doing the message with connor i just sat outside and i could not leave the area the kitchen if you've ever looked back into the kitchen the kitchen um obviously is where our children are and i couldn't leave that area because it was like i was impressed to bring connor out here to to have a little bit of fun but for you to vote and and to listen, to this young man. We go way back because when he was smaller, I remember telling him. He told me, he said, "You know, preacher Jerry, I'm going to be a preacher too someday." And then, and uh, so when he came, I said, "Hey, you're still going to be a preacher, right?" He goes, "Yeah, I'm going to be a preacher." And so I was sitting there in that on that tile, looking in there, and I just kept seeing the back of his head, and I felt like God was saying, "You need to you need to take him up there. You just need to have fun. You just need to let him be him." And, and so I'm so thankful that you allowed that to happen today. Well, you didn't have any say, but um, <laughs> to be honest with you, you didn't. But um, we're, we're thankful for that, Connor. But then I, then I, as I came up, I began to look at my pulpit, um, and there's these notes all over it. Like one of them says, Lang smells like sewage. Now I know where that smell is coming from. The other one, which it was pretty funny. I don't know who put this. I have an idea that Lance did, but it doesn't matter. Um, it has this little baby, and it says, and he's crying. This little boy's crying. It says, um, All OSU fans, all OSU fans, 30 seconds after Bedlam is over. Boomer sooner. And so the joke is, I reached down to rip it off, and it stayed from bottom, and I couldn't get it off. I was like, Oh, I can't believe he put that on there. So um, I have to take it off. I can't see that the whole time. That's so funny thanks Lance I appreciate you very very much today I wanna I have to tell you good morning you look good today um, and I hope that you feel at home at home and, and I mean that so much when you walk through those double doors when you um, high-five someone when you eat your little pastries whatever they're called uh, cinnamon puffs your biscuit whatever you take time to do we hope that you just feel right at home the whole time that you're here I want to say thank you I told you about the smelly feet back there literally it does smell like smelly feet I promise you Um, it was hard to to get any smell out but I am so thankful and I want you to know this and hear this from your pastor we I don't care if it smells like feet I don't care if there's holes in the walls we'll fix it we can cover up the smell somehow some way we'll light lots of candles but the fact is we will always reach out to our kids kids is a heart they are our passion and that's what drive us and I want you to know that so if you um, show up one day and there's a hole that hasn't been fixed because for whatever reason Pastor James fell into the into the wall I I don't know why I picked Pastor James fall into the wall I don't know Um, but it doesn't matter everything can be fixed but man, reaching our students is what we have to do. This is the now time. Um, we are, I'm telling you, Jesus is coming and we have to reach our students. And, and so that's what we do. And our lock-in was a success. But I have to apologize. i got to show you. Go ahead. Yeah, actually, absolutely. i got to show you a picture because I have to publicly apologize to my friend. Um, I posted this on Facebook. I didn't feel bad at the time. Actually, I really still don't feel bad at all, to be honest with you. But I really feel like that um, I threw Pastor James under the bus because Pastor James and I both was nodding, just um, what's that called, nodding back and forth into sleep and out of sleep during this moment, and I just happened to catch him and take a picture before he took a picture of me. And then i put up the excitement of 9:30, and then i put up the excitement of 205 and i have to say i'm so sorry because he did stay awake all evening besides those few moments he was telling this morning our meeting he said yeah he said pastor jerry uh, what was sad was someone one of our parents and you may be here tonight you commented on facebook and said my son has my kid has a better picture um than that so i don't know what that is that might have been a moment that he had his mouth open and i couldn't get my phone to work because i needed to take a picture of him going I mean, drool was coming down, but um, but I didn't. He just, he snoozed off and on every five seconds. But man, if you if you gave him a pillow, he would have been gone. So thank you so much for all those who helped out in our lock-in. I think there was about 50 kids or so that was there. Um, all, all we know, like, you're like, you don't know how many kids were there? Listen, they came and they went, and there are none here. So that's great, right? We didn't lose anybody. I haven't had a mom call and say, hey, I haven't seen my kids since Friday. And I'm like, neither have I. I mean, so, I mean, um, but that was good. But there was this moment that happened that, um, I think that Pastor James and I and one of our students had this really good connection. Uh, it was really a great connection. His name is Dominic, and, Nick, Nick, and you may not see him. He comes on Wednesday nights, and I think he came up on Sunday maybe, and and uh, he's a big kid. He's in eighth grade, but he looks like a grown adult. I mean, he really does. Like, that's a grown man. He should drive a truck. That's what it looks like. He's an eighth grader, all right? He doesn't even have his license. And we were out there, and Pastor James asked for a light. He said, I need a light to shine on the court. Can you make that happen, Pastor Jerry? And I was like, I'm your man. I could do it. So there's this ladder that's about 12 foot and I just leaned it up against the building and it was pretty vertical uh, it wasn't, it wasn't leaning out it was vertical and I begin to climb it and Pastor James goes, hey brother, you know, Pastor Jerry you want me to hold the ladder? I was like, "Yeah, I got this, no big deal but he's standing right behind me and so is Dominic he's on this side, I know exactly where they were standing Dominic was here, Pastor James was here I climbed the ladder, I get up to the top, I got the light almost fixed and all of a sudden the ladder begins to lean back and then, I mean, slow-mo like this, let me show it this direction like this And all I could say was, the ladder's falling. (laughs) The ladder is falling. And I, I mean, slow motion, I got a grip of the ladder and the light, because I don't want the light to fall. And I'm falling backwards, and there's no stopping it. And all of a sudden, as I get to about here, no I'm just joking, it was, I fell pretty far. And all of a sudden, powerful grips on my cheeks, one on this (laughs) cheek, and one on (laughs) that cheek, pushed me back up against the wall. And I was like, that was weird. But I'm, I was very thankful in the moment. I'm just being honest, all right? I'm like, wow, thank you so much. It was, um, thanks for having my back side, all right? So it was, it was, it was great. Hey, there was a husband and wife that was having some problems. They were actually having some issues at home. And they begin to give each other the silent treatment. Anybody have ever done that? Guys, it really doesn't work for us, does it? (laughs) We try to do the silent treatment, and suddenly the man realized that in the morning at 5 a.m., he had a flight to catch, and he needed his wife to help him, to wake him up. And so he had this great plan. He did not want to be the first one to break the silence, you know, because if you break the silence, you lose the fight. This is the way it is. So you're like, I'm not going to break the silence. So he had a great idea. He said, I'm going to write a note, and then I'm going to place it on her side of the bed that she will see it when she wakes up. And it simply said, Please wake me up in the morning at 5 a.m. And so the next morning, um, the next morning came, and he woke up, and he panically looked, and it was 9 a.m., and he had missed his flight. He was so furious and so mad that he began to get out of bed to tell his wife and ask her, why didn't you wake me up at 5 a.m.? And then he saw a note, and it said this. Last, whoops, he noticed the note, and it said, it's 5 a.m. It's time to wake up. Yeah, I almost messed up the punchline there. So it's 5 a.m. It's time to wake up. Hey, listen, we don't, man, we have nothing over our wives. Not at all. Listen, you think you're smarter than them? you This is a special kind of group of people, I promise you. Listen, some churches you are not supposed to talk back. This is one of them. All right, so just so that you know um we're, we're in the wrong church <laughs> oh, let's just move on last weekend pastor kelly uh did a great job and if you he was here on mother's day my wife did a fantastic job talking to our mothers and and she talked about this topic of being seen and um and we all and I, I was telling the um my wife i said you know what's crazy is even as a man i feel like that sometimes i'm unseen i feel like that there's times that we're unappreciated you, you, you work, you work, you feel like you're providing, but you feel unappreciated. So I think it real, that message really, it hit all of us because I think all of us at times have felt unseen and that we realize today that what we are creating within our homes, that is one of our biggest mission fields and what we are creating within our home and what we are forming in our homes, um, all the little details are for God. It's not to be seen by our husband. It's not to be seen by our, our children. It's ultimately that we are being seen by God every moment that we are, investing in the lives of our spouse and investing in the lives of our children. And so I realized that uh, this morning. And uh, <clears throat> so I'm excited. Um, I'm excited to follow her. She's in Colorado. Some of you are like, well, where's she at? She preached a great message. She's not even here. <laughs> Typical preacher, right? <laughs> one and gone. One and gone. Now, she uh, She's in Colorado. Our middle child, JC, is going to work at a church camp. That's kind of in our blood. Our, our family, we love camps, and, and uh, uh, Tatum works at— um, at uh falls creek each year and she goes down there she's fixing to leave and she'll be down there and she'll come back on sundays but jc did not want to go to falls creek she wanted to she wanted to go to london but i said no (laughs) i said you're not taking a flight unless brett gets you a flight to london you're not going so um don't get her a flight she's not going to london all right so um but she found a place in in colorado and she is working a church camp there all summer and so mom drove her out there and uh and she's flying back right now and uh she texted me uh, and said this is hard and it is hard isn't it mom and mom moms and dads it's hard and this is hard and so pray for her actually probably pray for grandma and grandpa grand and papa because they're they're upset at me because i let her go all right so um uh just remember pray for them but uh two weeks ago we started a series we started a series called missions And um, which I am so excited because at the end of this month, we're going to be able to show you exactly the mission fields that we're going to be plugging in, and exactly what we as a church are going to do within our community, and those um, ministries that we're going to plug in and send our money, but as well as our help. Um, I told you that I feel like so many churches miss it sometimes. They pour all their money into a foreign mission field, but they forget they're local. And I think God gives us a really good order, and we'll talk about that in just a few minutes. And I believe that that Sunday we talked about the understanding the heart of the Father. Missions, understanding the heart of the Father. And we stated that missions, and we stated that, that missions that Jesus had transferred to us, his mission, that the purpose that he had not, did not leave with him. It wasn't finished with him. The the truth has been transferred or passed on to you and I. And it is to go into all the world and make disciples. That same mission that Jesus came with is the same mission that he's left with you and I today. He said this. He said, the Father sent me, so now I'm sending you. So the same purpose that he had is the same purpose you and I have. And that is to go into all the world. It is to mend the relationship between God and human. That's, that's what it is. It's, it's to bring about a born-again salvation experience in people's lives. It's to redeem man and so that is our goal john chapter 3 verse 17 says this and jesus makes this very clear to nicodemus he states this and uh, he said for god did not send me i know the scripture says his son but he's making this personal conversation and and he said jesus says to nicodemus hey listen my my father did not send me into this world to condemn the world but that that in order for the world to be saved through through me That was Jesus's mission. It it was always the heart of the Father is to redeem, redeem man. And the same mission, the same objective, the same purpose that was given to Jesus has been passed down or perhaps transferred to you and I this morning. It has. That is our goal. And you see this morning the mission Is the effort. I want you, if you're taking notes or mentally taking notes, just think about this. That mission, the mission that you and I have today to redeem men is the effort, the go, the engagement, the action, whatever that looks like. It's the effort that you give. It's the effort that is given in reaching people with the love of God by introducing them to Jesus so they have the opportunity for salvation. That's what the mission is for you and I. It's for you and I to go. It's the engagement. It's whatever it looks like. It may be a high five. It may be a smile. You may have a great, the great ability to cook, and it may be just a simple meal, and the word of God loves you. And in that moment, what you are doing is you are introducing the love of God to that person, so they know that God is real, and they have the opportunity for salvation at that moment. Isn't that awesome? We're introducing Jesus, and that's the same mission. So whatever the effort looks like, the goal, the engagement, the movement... Just like that little vehicle that I had, it's in you. You just have to activate it. Whatever that looks like is always about introducing Jesus to people. You see this? You see the Father's heart hasn't changed. The Father's heart has never changed. It's always been to have fellowship or relationship with you and I. It's always been that, and it's been about redeeming man. And last week, two weeks ago, we talked about the heart of the Father had not changed. And it was always to redeem men. And three points that we made was this. Point number one was that God is compassionate toward the lost. His heart has never changed. It's still the same. He's compassionate with you and I. The second point was this. He was patient toward the lost. People who are in no, does not have a relationship with God, he's patient with them. He is relentless was point number three. He's relentless to the loss, I'm thankful that God doesn't give up on you and I. I'm thankful that he gives me a second chance and a third chance and even fourth chances. I'm thankful that God doesn't give up on the opportunity to have a relationship with me. And today I want to talk on this topic. Part number two, I want to talk about missions. This is our series that we're in and I want to simply talk about this, understanding the mission. Understanding the mission. The first part was understanding the heart of the Father, all right, his heart about mission of what the purpose was to redeem man. And now it's like, hey, what is it, what does that look like? And all of a sudden we find that is this. And Jesus, as we read this story in a minute, in this parable, it says that, that my house may be filled. Jesus makes a powerful statement to his disciples. I want you to, to these Pharisees and, and his disciples that were in the room, I got you got to hear this. He said, the reason we're about this mission the reason why you and I in 2022 are still about the mission is so that his house may be filled. That's the reason. That's the reason why you smile when you're going through a hard time. That's the reason why you keep the faith, even though there's times when you want to throw in the towel. It's the reason why then when you get knocked down, you get back up. Why? Because you know that your life is speaking of the Bible to anybody and everybody. You may be the only Bible that they read. And so you continue to get up and you continue to have the faith you keep moving forward because the house must be filled must be filled and the question is this now listen i don't know about you now i'm a father of three i have a 22 year old a 19 year old and a 16 year old my nest is almost empty and this is what i've realized there's a question in my home that keeps popping up. It's very popular right now. It's the question, why? I mean, some of you perhaps have had that question maybe popular in your home with your 13-year-old daughter or son or maybe 15 or maybe 16-year-old boy like it is for me. You see, in my home, the question, why, is very popular. My son, I would say, son, clean your room. He's like, why? No one's coming over. I'm like, son, I need you to take out the trash. Why? 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 I'm like, son, listen, I know you're 16, but listen, I need you to come here real quick. And you go, why? I'm like, listen, and that bothers me. (laughs) Like, hey, Jackson, come here. And you're like, why, dad? Don't ask why. Just come here. Just come here. And he asked the question, why? I'm like, hey, brush your teeth. He's like, why? I said, because the doctor bill is high. All right? I mean, it's expensive to go to the dentist, so please brush your teeth. I'm like, hey, brush your hair. And he says, you're right. Why? it's not bad. It looks great. I'm like, when's the last time you've taken a shower? I don't know. Why? Like, There's a reason. You stink. All right. Come on. There's this question. And we, listen, you and I, I know I'm making fun of my son because that's ammunition. He's not in here. You know, right? the, the rule is I can say anything about them when they're not in the room. <laughs> that's just the way it is. All right. Actually, when JC was just small, it was so funny. I was preaching and um, I was telling a story about her. And afterwards my daughter comes up to me and said and she was probably about five or six and she said dad you're not a comedian you're a preacher quit telling jokes about me (laughs) like wow i'm sorry (laughs) you know so i've tried i stayed away from her i just pick on tatum and jackson now so i'm like jc comes back at me those two just take it and go on so at times you and i are the same at times you and i are just like my 16 year old son we read the bible we hear the preacher say go make disciples and we say why it's like, go into all the world. And we're like, why? Like, read your Bible. Why? Like, go talk to your neighbor. Why? And all these about being engaged into the mission of redeeming men, we ask the same question, why? Why is it? Why do we need to do that? I mean, leave it up to the preacher, right? I mean, we got a pretty good youth pastor. Let him do it. we got a pretty good preacher. Let him do it. I mean, that's what you are to do. That's what you're called to do. Why us? Why do you pick it on us? Why do we need to go? Why? It's the question, why? We all ask the question, Why? 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 And I want you to turn to, perhaps, uh, turn to, not perhaps, turn to Luke chapter 14 this morning, because I want to give you the reason why. The why is so that his house may be filled. You'll hear that quite often today. That's the why. The why is that God is compassionate, he is patient, and he's relentless to the lost. And that is exactly the same heart that we should have as well, is to be pa- uh, compassionate, to be patient, and to be relentless to the loss. That's the why. The why is so that his house may be full. And the truth is, if I am not patient, and if I'm not compassionate, and if I'm not relentless, I don't care if the house gets full or not. So I got to keep doing to have the heart of the Father. And say, so you know what? I got to stay compassionate. I got to stay patient. And I, I really have to be relentless. And because his house must be full. Luke chapter 14, verse 15 through 24 is where you're at. And I want to catch you up just for a minutes on the 15 verses that we are not reading this morning. These 15 verses begin to find Jesus. And in chapter 14, it begins with Jesus at a dinner at the Pharisee's house. He's at a Pharisee's house. He's having dinner. He's rubbing shoulders with sinners. And he's having dinner. It's very important that you understand they're having dinner. They are having a dinner. And all of a sudden, the dinner seems to be going south. And it goes south really really quick because he's having dinner with lawyers and pharisees and and sinners and i love how jesus is able to showcase the father's heart when you read about jesus's life all he does is he showcases the father's heart and jesus even in this parable and the story in chapter 14 we find that he he showcases the father's heart why he was doing ministry and what i mean by that he had no issue with rubbing shoulders with people like zacchaeus you know a money changer a sinner. He saw him up in the tree and he was like, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm going to, you got it, your house today. I'm gonna rub shoulders with you. I'm gonna have dinner with you. Me. And you had no problem with rubbing shoulders with Zacchaeus. He had no problem rubbing shoulders with a a woman at the well, a Samaritan woman, a woman that he's not supposed to have any really involvement with. And he didn't like each other really. And then all of a sudden he breaks culture, tradition and he talks to a, a woman who has issues and needs help she's thirsty and doesn't even realize she's thirsty and he doesn't care about rubbing shoulders with them i love it i love jesus that's the heart he's compassionate he's patient he's relentless and then i love the fact that he talks to nicodemus we talked about john 3 16 and uh, three sixteen and 17 and it's a conversation between jesus and nicodemus and and i love that this man Nicodemus was scared for his life so he comes to Jesus by night. Jesus didn't care. He didn't care if it was night, daytime, middle of the day. But he rubbed shoulders with Nicodemus at the night to be able to answer the questions that Nicodemus had. He didn't matter. Nicodemus was a teacher and he wanted to answer his questions. It was a woman, perhaps this morning, they had an issue of blood. Do you remember that? that story where the woman presses through the crowd and he touches, she touches Jesus and Jesus turns around and begins to talk to her? Oh my goodness, he didn't mind rubbing shoulders with people that no one else wanted to rub shoulders with. I love it. And Jesus did not mind associating with Pharisees, with Roman centurions, with beggars, with the blind, with the deaf, and with the outcasts. I love that about Jesus man I want to be like Jesus I want to be able to be just like Jesus to not not mind associating with the Pharisees and people of of different parties and Roman centurions and perhaps beggars and blind and deaf and the outcast and this moment in chapter 14 it is a dinner listen it's a dinner they're all eating and the question game begins. How many of you guys ever sat at dinner with people and then all of a sudden, maybe across from you, you start asking questions like, how was your day? Or perhaps it was someone that you don't know. He's like, hey, what do you do for a living? Um, how long have you been married? It's the question game. But with the Pharisees and Jesus, the question game was a little bit different. All of a sudden, the question game was like this. It was always about the law. And all of a sudden, the Pharisees begin to ask Jesus a question, say, hey, is it lawful or is it unlawful to heal on the Sabbath day? Well, see, what you, when you read the story, you realize that there was someone in the presence at this dinner table that was sick and needed healing. And Jesus, is, it's amazing. He didn't mind. The Pharisees, the question is this, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And these Pharisees, they were men who followed the law. Listen, there was men that followed the law. They create, they made up law, and they regulated the law. They made sure that people followed the law. They knew it was unlawful. They were asking Jesus. And then all of a sudden we find that Jesus heals the man and sends him on his way. And then he asks this question. He says, which one of you, if your son or your ox fell into a pit, would not immediately leave what you're doing on a Sabbath and go get them out, pull them out? Oh, made it personal, didn't he? He's like, how many of you, that if your son, not just your ox, but your son, your daughter, someone in your family fell in a pit, you wouldn't immediately leave. You would because it's okay the law allowed you to he was trying to find the priority of a lost soul Mm. oh you'd rather go get your car out of the ditch but you wouldn't help someone on a anyway let's not go there the dinner began to head south even further than what it was the dinner began to head south even more and jesus continued with the parable of a, a dinner And he said, he began to teach them. He said, hey, listen, those who honor themselves will be humbled. And those who actually humble themselves will be honored. He was talking about when you come into a dinner, you don't find the most esteemed seat. You don't park right beside the door and then asked to move your car somewhere else. You are to park away from the door. I'm I'm throwing a, a stone at Pastor James. I'm just joking with him. But... He said, hey, listen, you come into the dinner, and you don't find a seat at the head of the table. You go sit somewhere else, and then if the guest wants you to sit at the head of the table, he'll move you. He'll move you there. He said, if you honor yourself, you're going to be humbled because you're not as, you're not as big as you think you are. And he said, but if you humble yourself, you will be honored. And he began, I'm telling you, that really hit the Pharisees, and they, that did not settle very well, and the dinner just continued to go south that morning and uh, that evening whenever that was and then to make matters worse jesus said hey boys here's another parable he said when you throw a feast i don't want you to invite just your rich friends i don't want you to invite just your neighbors i don't want you to invite the people that could actually invite you back to a dinner i want you to invite the lame the poor the blind those who couldn't ever pay you back wow now you're really stepping on toes I don't want to, because sometimes you and I, we will do things, and especially the Pharisees, they did things so that they could be repaid. And sometimes you and I are the same way, right? We'll give a hand only thinking that they're going to give me a hand back. It's a motive thing. It's like, oh, yeah, I'll help you out. I'll, I'll scratch your back because someday you're going to scratch my back. And God's like, hey, listen. Jesus was like, hey, listen, don't do that. It's not about scratch my back, scratch your back. It's a, you scratch the back, and if they do scratch your back, that's great, but it's a motive thing. Don't play, don't plan a feast with your rich friends knowing that they can pay you back. Do it because you want to do it. In verse 15, so we're going to take you to 15. 15. That takes you all the way to verse 15. All these parables of the dinner that Jesus has and teaching to the Pharisees. And remember, this dinner is continuing. Jesus is having dinner. It's already been south. And I can imagine Jesus saying, listen, I've already made them mad um, and they've already asked me to leave. But one more parable before I leave, right? He's like, hey, I'm going to, if I've jabbed, I'm going to jab one more time. And so he begins in verse 15 with another parable. It says, when one of those... who reclined at the table with him, heard these things, he said to him, blessed is everyone who will eat the bread in the kingdom of God. But he said to him, Jesus, a man, a certain man, a man once gave a great banquet and invited many. Now, if you have a hard copy Bible, I need you to underline invited many. He Invited many. And at the time for the banquet, He sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. You can underline now ready as well. But they all alike, listen to this, everyone that they had invited, you know, save the date, you got the little card. Most of you guys perhaps got to get a card for the wedding. Everybody's wedding's coming up. They're like, save the date, circle the calendar. That's what they did. They sent a save-the-date out in the mail and had all these invited, and then the servant went out and said, Hey, listen, dinner's ready! Party's ready, let's go. And then all of them had an excuse. Every one of them. All right, here we go. Listen to the excuses. And at the time of the banquet, banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field. Think about this. I have bought a field and I must go and see it. I'm not seeing it yet. Please have me excused. And the number nine, verse 19 says, and another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I go to examine them. I haven't seen them before, but now I'm going. Please have me excuse from the dinner. And another said, I have married a wife, which is a good thing, the Bible tells me. And therefore I cannot come as well. Verse 21 says, so the servant came and reported these things to the master. Then the master of the house became very angry. And he said to his servant, go out quickly to the streets, the lanes of the city, and bring in the poor, the crippled, and the blind, and the lame. And the servant said, sir, what you commanded has been done. And still there is room. And then the master said to the servant, well, go out to the highways and the hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. And verse 24 says, For I tell you, none of these men who were invited shall taste my banquet. I want to break this down for you just really quickly. I'm looking at my time, and it's gotten away from me. And I'm just one-fourth into the message. Wow. I want to break this characters down in the parable today. The man who's throwing the party, the great banquet, that's God the Father. Maybe you know that. You're like, oh, yeah, I got that. certain man. That's Jesus. That's God. God the Father is throwing this banquet. The invited guest, the many invited guests was the children of Israel, the Jews. The servant was God the Son, Jesus. And I love it because the streets and, the, uh, and lanes of the city was common, folks. Think about this just for a moment. These are the characters in this parable going into the streets and the lanes of the city, they were just common folks. The poor, the crippled, the lame, those were needy folks. He said, I want you to go there. And then the hedges and the highways, those were the outsiders, the outside folks. It was just like what we talked about last week. We said, remember that Jesus in Acts chapter one says that you will be given power to be my witnesses. And he says, I want you to go and be my witnesses. And where in locally in Jerusalem I want you to go into Judea which was regional regionally I want you to go into Samaria which was across ethnic boundaries to those that you don't think that need the gospel and then he said I want you to go into the othermost which is globally and that, isn't it awesome how all of a sudden this parable that we read and what God says in Acts, they line up and say, hey, listen, I want you to go to the common folks. I want you to go to needy folks. I want you to go to outside folks. What they're saying is, I want you to go to the ever whosoever will. Go to everyone. Everybody needs the gospel. Everybody needs the mission that I have to redeem man. And I want you to listen to me this morning. We will, we will be about the Father's mission. You and I today, this church, we will always Um, God help me be a part of the mission about God's business being about the father's business we will offer events we will offer services and opportunities here on this property and in this house for people as we proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ so that they will know about him and have the opportunity to experience him see if they don't come publicly we will go to them privately. You say, what does that mean, Pastor Jerry? It just seems like it means this. If they don't come here, we're going there. We're going to take the gospel to where they're at. If they don't come here, we're going to go there. That's, that's what we do. And we're going to be about the Father's business. And that's the reason why we're inviting you to be a part of Mingle on Maine on June the 15th. To go down into your community, Tecumseh, and, and sit down with us and enjoy our community and get to know them. It's about being a part of our community. It's going to where they're at. If they don't come here, let's go there. If they don't come publicly, we'll go to them privately. We'll go, I cannot. I need you to hear this statement. I just feel this so passionately within me. I cannot, I will not, and I dare not let my family, my community continue to run, run in the direction of hell. I cannot. I cannot. I can't stand by and watch. I told a lot of you have came to me and said, Pastor, it's good to be home. Uh, good for you to be home. And I said, no, it is good to be home. I am so glad that I am home. That I have the opportunity to pastor in my hometown. I love it. I love it. But I will not, I cannot, and I dare not let my family, my community run in the direction of hell any longer. We got to go. We got to be a part of God's business and some of you would say why i mean why do you want me down at mingle in maine why do you want me there why do you want me involved in our community why do you want us to help out on friday the 20th i'm throwing a plug in there 20th of next week on friday and help with our teachers and support them and encourage them why i'll tell you why so that his house may be filled is that you and i could be their light it could be their hope Their beacon of hope. Our smile, our energy, our moment being there could be the very beacon of hope that they are in need of. Why? So that the Father's house may be filled. Did you notice that in the parable? I need you to look at it. In the parable that there were many that were invited and all of them had excuses of why they did not come. And Jesus gives us, gives us three common excuses. Three common excuses that was used for all of the many who had the save the date flyer who circled on their calendar, but not come. Look at this, verse 18 says this, But they all alike began to begin to make excuses. Here's the three excuses. The first said to him, I bought a field, and I must go to see it. I want to ask a question. How many of you buy some kind of property or field or house, vehicle or anything, you don't ever look at it? None of us. Actually, that's not true. I did that one time. I really did bought a bought a truck that I did not ever see. Uh, I was working with Dell Osment. We was, we was mowing yards, and uh, I needed a new vehicle. and uh, And Dell and was like, "Hey, um, if you become the youth pastor, I I know a new a nice truck." And i was like really and he's like my friend's selling a truck in chicken and i said all right so i called the dude up and i was like hey what kind of truck you got he got like a ford lariat he said it looks great it's red And i said it's sold and he goes you got the money i said no actually if i become a youth pastor in this town um i will have the finances to actually buy it and he said, so uh, it's sold and i said yeah i'm gonna buy it And he said you're coming tomorrow i said no i'm gonna buy it he's like that doesn't make any sense you're not coming to buy it i said no i'm not coming to buy it right now but i will buy it i said but well, you just keep it on the market and if it sells it sells if it doesn't it doesn't because it's mine i, I believe it's mine And the guy thought I was weird. And I probably am. And so uh, so I didn't go look at it. He said, do you want me to send you pictures? I said, I don't need to send you pictures. I know what I want. I, I like it. He said, you haven't even seen it. I said, I know. And so we finally, two months later, he kept it on the market. No one could get the loan for the truck. He said, I had 10 buyers and none of them could get a loan. I said, because it's not theirs, it's mine. And so I called him up, and I said, listen, I have been um, uh, voted on to be the next youth pastor. I'm coming down on Saturday. Can we meet Saturday? He said, yes. I said, how about Atwood's there in Chickasha? He said, absolutely. He drives the truck up. He puts it in there. I, I have a check for it. I pull up, and my wife and I, and I get out, I give him the check. And he said, do you not want to drive it first? I said, no, I don't need to drive in. And he said, you might want to drive it. I said, okay, I'll drive it. My wife's like, let's drive it! I said, okay, let's drive it. So we drove it around, and obviously we bought the, bought the truck not everybody's that dumb i get it <laughs> but that makes that's a silly lame excuse isn't it oh i bought land i have to go look at it I, I i bought i bought oxen i haven't even looked at the oxen really you've already paid your money but you haven't seen it that's not true and then he all of a sudden the third excuse was like hey i just got married and um, <laughs> the law you, maybe you know this but the law allowed you one year um, to not be in military service or anything like that. They excused you. There was an excuse. Your marriage. You had one whole year uh, for your marriage. The beginning of your marriage. You didn't have to do anything. That's nice. But you still could do social events. And so it was like, that wasn't an excuse. Being married wasn't an excuse. You still could go. But there was excuses. At least that third one had a better excuse than, oh, I bought oxen I haven't seen it. and Oh, I bought field and I haven't seen it. But they were all excuses. And I got to hear you this morning. You got to hear me this morning. All of us today have excuses. When I was a kid, I remember, I'm a Dr. Pepper addict. Um, that's what I'm trying to kick, all right? I'm addicted to Dr. Pepper and I, I, I tell you. And I remember when I was a kid, back in the day when the Dr. Pepper was a lot cheaper than it is today, I remember that you twist off the lid and it was, it was a game, right? You, you could either win another one or you, it just says try again. Some of you remember that game. I loved it. It was nice. I didn't win very often. Um, but I did win sometimes. But it's amazing that the message was try again. They encouraged you to buy another bottle. Okay, you didn't win this time, but just try again. And some of you today, you've been actively on a mission of someone in your life that you have been encouraging to come to church. You've been inviting them, and they have refused. They have made all the excuses in the world. And I'm telling you today, you keep trying. Try again. Hey, listen, you keep invited. you keep about the mission, because there are going to be those people who have excuses. And i got to tell you that what we realize in the excuses are this. This is what excuses reveal. All of us can make up excuses, but this is what excuses reveal. It reveals the fact of how much or how little we love Jesus. How much we think of him. Oh, I, I'm not able, I'm not able because of this and that. And it just perhaps let us know how much or how little... Christ really means to us. So today, I need you to hear this preacher try again. Try again. Send out the text. Make the phone call. I mean, PM someone on social media and that has made an excuse not to come to church or not, not, or not serve God. Do it again. It's okay. Do it again. Those who were first to be invited were invited twice by Save the Date and, and perhaps the now ready invite. I believe that you and I are in the now ready moment of life. Jesus is right around the corner. There's not, there's no. Listen, the save the date has gone out a long time ago. We're in the now ready. It's urgent. Time is at hand that we be about the Father's business this morning. I want to give you a now ready invite. Don't put off until tomorrow. You need God today. Today's the day of salvation. Quit making the excuses today. Maybe you're here in this building. You've made lots of excuses of giving your heart and submitting your life to God. Listen, put away the excuses. Your excuses are just like the guy who bought five yokes of oxen and didn't see it. Your excuse is just like the man who brought property and didn't go see it. Really? Today's the day of salvation. Don't wait another day. I need you to know you need to keep sowing into the Father's. You need to keep sowing so that the Father's house may be filled. You're about the Father's business. I want to take you to another parable, and we're closing this morning. Don't come up, man, because it's about 20 more minutes, all right? That's my first closing, of a 20 minutes closing. Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 through 9, and we're going to skip to 18 and 23. But here's a parable that Jesus is teaching, and it's the Parable of sower. where they did not have much soil and immediately they sprung up since they had no depth of the soil but when the sun rose they were scorched and since they had no root they withered away other seeds fell among the thorns and the thorns grew up and choked them and other seeds well they fell on good soil and produced grain some a hundredfold some sixty some thirty he who has, who, he who have ears, let him hear. Skip to 18. Hear, hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away that has been sown into his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, And endures for a while, and when tribulation or persecution arises, an account of the word, immediately he falls away. And as for what has, what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of the riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. And as for what was sown on good soil, no well, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, and indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, another sixty, and another thirty. I have to tell you the stage is the, is, is ready, is set. For you to be about the Father's business, to have compassion, to be patient, and to be relentless, and to, and to spread the gospel, to have the effort to share Jesus, the love of God, to people, so they would have the experience, have the opportunity to experience Jesus. Remember when I said a minute ago I said, "Listen, I cannot I will not, I dare not continue to watch and sit back and watch my hometown run in the direction of hell." There's something down deep in me that, that pr- propels me to want to be a part about someone's life. To share Jesus. And I have to tell you this morning, that's the greatest thing that you have that you could do is share Jesus and keep doing it. Even when they refuse, even if they have excuses, you keep living your life, you keep loving them, and you keep sharing Jesus. It is a now ready stage that you and I are living in. It's not a save the date. It's now. I'm telling you, Jesus is coming. The dinner is prepared. It's ready. We're not inviting people because it may happen. We're inviting people because it's here. It's time. Today's the day of salvation. It's time to compel people to come. I love how in the story of the parable, we find that there was people that were perhaps handpicked, invited, save the date cards. They didn't show up. And then Jesus, God was like, listen, that didn't stop me. I want to redeem man. Have you ever invited somebody that didn't show up? You're like, oh, alright yeah, let's don't have the dinner. Let's forget it. I bought all this food. No big deal. We're just not going to have it. No, you probably invite somebody else. And that's, I love it because the heart of the Father was the redeem men, And he says, listen, I want you to go into the lanes of the city. I want you to, I want you to invite the common folks. And I want you to invite the needy folks. And he's like, we've done that. And he's like, all right. I want you to go and get the outsiders. Invite them. Compel them. I want you to look at it this way. I want to live my life in such a way that actually compels people to come see what's going on in my life. I'm compelled to be in church with you. Why? Because there's something about your life that's different than mine. And I am compelled. I feel this draw to what's happening there at that church. I need to be there. And it's just you inviting people. It's you living your life. It's you getting into God's word. And as, as Connor said, getting so stuffed that it, you got it. <laughs> and then it comes out. However it comes out, it comes out. You're just being staffed of God's Word. And people know it, and they see it, and they are compelled to eat what you're eating, to be a part of what you're doing. Come and see and taste that God is good. I love what God is doing. And I got to tell you this morning that there is no doubt that we will be about the Father's business. Ben, would you come today? I'm excited to tell you why understanding the mission the mission for you and i today is to be about the father's business to share the gospel to see the lost saved and the story the parable is so powerful for you and i that god didn't forget now you can go back and 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 look at it and say the invited guests as we said earlier were the jews and and since the jews didn't receive him then he went to the gentiles yeah but let's bring it in 2022 God said I just I want everybody I'm inviting I'm 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 now because the servant was Jesus and remember the mission did not change it didn't stop with Jesus Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father now the mission has been transferred to you and I and so we're that servant now going into the the lanes and the city we are going into our communities we are now going to outside of our areas into the country the highways and the byways and the hedges, that's where we are going. We are their servant. We are on a mission. Why? Because we want the Father's house to be filled. I love how that works. He goes into the city, he does what he was supposed to do, and the servant says, I've already done that, Father. And there's still plenty of room. And he said, then keep going. Keep going. I mean, I know you look around, and you're like, well, I don't know. There's many more seats that we can, how many more people that we can fit in this room. Well, we'll figure it out. And I got to tell you, we're going to feel, not this building. I need you to know, Hear something from me real quick. This is who I am. I am not about filling this building. I'm about filling the kingdom. Hear me out. I care less if we ever filled this building. I care less if we build another building. I care less about that. What I care about is filling the kingdom. And so maybe you will reach, so maybe we'll be down on Mingle on Maine there in June the 15th 15th, and we may witness the folks that never will come here and that's great, that's great. What we want them to do is to go to church somewhere, to be plugged into a, a community of believers so that they will have the opportunity to experience God in a real way. our goal. It's not to build this kingdom. It's not to build your kingdom, my kingdom, or anybody else's kingdom. It's to build His kingdom. It's to fill His house. I'm gonna leave with it, I'm gonna leave you with this astounding statistic, if I can say that. Most of you know that the Bible tells us that there is a way to heaven. It is narrow, and few will find it. And then the Bible tells us that there's a way that is wide, and it leads to destruction, and many will find it. I know that there's perhaps organizations or perhaps denominations that has a number of how many people will be in heaven. I don't have a number for you today. But I look at the sower and I think this is what's astounding. You ready for this? Could it be that 25% of your efforts is going to fall on good soil? The Bible says the sower went out and he just sowed. He just sowed. He didn't pick the field that He wanted to sow in. He just sowed. Some of you are being picky. You only want to sow into someone's field that you like. Quit being picky. Sow the seed. Just sow the seed. And let it fall onto the ones that's going to make excuses. Let it fall onto the ground that perhaps is stony. Let it fall, by the way. But let the seed fall. Let the seed fall. I need you to hear me this morning. Let this sow the seed and maybe only 25 percent will bring be fruitful but sow the seed you keep seeing so you keep sowing the seed because i've watched people that i've sowed seed into that fell on stony ground turn into good soil <laughs> not because i plucked the stones out but man i prayed and i sought god in my relationship with him and this these people have begun to till the ground and made it good soil so keep sowing the seed keep being about the father's business would you stand this morning Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear more messages or find a service time, you can visit us at our website, homechurchtecumseh.com for more information. And thank you again. And until next time, love God, do good, and be a friend. Be blessed.